Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. Are you on the fence regarding bringing in someone to help you with administrative tasks or even business development? If so, today's episode is just for you. We're going to discuss how you can leverage virtual assistants. Are you ready? Let's get started. Today on Voices of Experience, we have Hathaway Rebecca with us to talk about how you as a professional speaker can better leverage working with virtual assistants. Now, Hathaway is a business development manager for professional speakers and consultants. When I was reaching out looking for potential interviewees on this topic, numerous NSA speakers uh, recommended Hathaway. So Hathaway, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So we're just going to jump right on in here. And my first question to you, because you've had this experience, you've worked with a variety of different speakers. How does a speaker know it's time to hire a virtual assistant? Do they hire one when they just want to look good to other people? Uh, At what point do they know they need to hire a virtual assistant? I feel like it's the most distinct way to address that is to say when they're spending more time on their business than in their business. So time in their business being spent client facing and interacting Mm -hmm. and on their business being, you know, administrative logistics and business outreach and client building. Mm, Okay. And I love that you said that because I've worked with virtual assistants for years and I always like to say that I like to outsource non-revenue generating activities, Mm -hmm. which is what you just said in a really nice, much, much nicer way than I say it. Um, so what kinds of tasks can speakers turn over to assistants? When we start thinking about the things that we can take off our plate, what are those things? Can really run the gamut depending on what you're looking for. So, you know, those responsibilities can be anything from list building revenue, you know, revenue generating activities such as client outreach, doing research in certain areas, LinkedIn outreach, managing CRMs assisting and managing podcasts. It really can be specific to the scope of your business, Mm -hmm. what activities you feel are taking the most time that are best best served by someone else taking care of them. Okay. So you, you just shared a really wide variety of activities, right? Like when it comes to outreach and CRM, running reports, are all assistants the same when it comes to what they can handle? So if someone listened to you and said, Perfect. Those are the things I'm going to outsource Hathaway. Can any assistant handle this now? No, I would say it really depends specifically. That's why there's such a wide variety of what assistants offer as well as compensation rates that they're looking for. So there can be people that really tend to focus more on straight administrative things Mm -hmm. and then people that also do more of the business development aspect of things. So I think it's really important when you realize you're at that point where you may be well served with a virtual assistant in your business to take some time prior to connecting to get clear on what those tasks or activities that you would like to hand off to them. Mm -hmm. So you can really be most efficient in speaking to someone to figure out, are those areas of expertise great? We're a match or not because activities can even include social media postings and things of that nature. So you really want someone that is incredibly knowledgeable and considers themselves an expert in those areas where you're looking for support. I think you just touched on something that was amazingly important. And I just wanted to point this out to everyone listening. You talked about hiring someone that does administrative work 
versus business development. And you even threw in marketing, which is kind of business development, but it, it sometimes it's a specialization. So it sounds like depending on the task we need, we, we might actually need multiple people or someone to manage multiple people. Exactly. Some of the clients I work with, you know, I am the one person that they're working with in that business development role. I do have some other clients that I work with that have a team of people that I am one of those. So they may have someone that focuses exclusively on just administrative tasks and someone else that is exclusively that marketing social media side of things. Okay. Okay. So I know from personal experience over the years, virtual assistants can range from $10 to $100 an hour. What's uh -huh. the difference? Are these $100 an hour people out of their minds and we should be paying them 10? What, what's the difference? Difference really is scope of work and experience. So it's really important, you know, obviously when you're hiring anyone in your business, any of those things, first of all, you need to get really clear with yourself. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, what are the responsibilities you would like someone to take on for you? Mm -hmm. And also be really clear, how comfortable are you in handing off those responsibilities? And by that, I mean, you're asking someone to not only be part of your business, but to be reaching out on behalf of you as an extension of your business for multiple reasons. So I think understanding what that looks like mm -hmm. will really help you get a better understanding of the skills that you're looking for and the skills that expertise and experience that someone has, that's really going to dictate the rate. Just as we know as speakers, your fee is reflective of the experience, expertise, and background you're bringing to your professional speaking career. So really that rate, it shouldn't be sticker shock depending on what you're looking for. The rate is the rate. There are assistants that run that gamut. So if it's a rate that you're not comfortable with or doesn't make sense in your business, mm -hmm. you can always look for additional resources, you know, and people to talk to, and then also take a hard look about what really needs to be done. Maybe it's the opportunity. If the rate doesn't match with what you're looking for, you need less hours or realize you don't need that many tasks taken off your plate right now. So that was amazingly powerful. And I love how you compared virtual assistants to speakers. Cause I think when you said that there are a lot of speakers that were like, Oh, right. Uh, because we have all different fee range levels as well. And I know from my experience, usually the extremely inexpensive virtual assistants, I'm not saying that they're not good at what they do, but they're usually more order takers. Whereas the ones that you're paying more, like, I mean, your business development, I don't know what you mm -hmm. charge. And, and on this show, we actually don't talk about specific fees anyway. So I don't know how many pineapples we have to pay you. We talk about pineapples, <laughs> but I'm sure you're, you're, you're more, I'm sure you cost quite a few pineapples an hour. Okay. Or pineapples a month, but your business development, you're not just running reports or doing some, you see what I'm saying? So I, I think that's important to point out too, that $10 an hour isn't always $10 an hour if it takes you so much more time as a speaker to have to communicate and do half of the work. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's a valid point. And what I will always, I believe in transparencies and all aspects of how I work with my clients. So if we need something done that I don't think is best served by me utilizing my time to do that, I'll be the first person to say, you know, I also have resources that I can reach out to if we're just looking for research or a list pulled or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So it's important to make sure that you're also best utilizing the time and resources of, you know, that person that you brought in to support you in your business. 
What was interesting about what you just said was here you are. And again, I'm assuming you're quite a few pineapples. Okay. I'm sure you're higher on the pineapple scale. And you mentioned that you can basically manage someone who charges less pineapples because they're doing a simpler task. Whereas someone that's charging less pineapples probably isn't managing other people of the same pineapple level. So I just, I just thought I'd point that out. Yeah. And it's so, and that also too, that takes something off of, you know, my client's plate. If we want, you know, as I mentioned, if we want a list pulled of people, you know, in a certain industry, certain level, if we want a list of contact names pulled, that's better served with people that I know that I can reach out to that charge, you know, a pretty nominal rate per hour and say, can you just generate this list for me, send it in Excel, all of those things. So I also help them manage what needs to be done, but it may not be best served, you know, in having me do it. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to with my background, not getting too far into it, but I also personally have a sales background. So Mm -hmm. I'm also assisting my clients in strategy for their business where it's necessary and relevant. So again, that goes to when we look at that rate, just as when you're being evaluated as a speaker for an event or for a company, the experience you bring to it is also part of what comes into what that number is. So let's talk about something else outside of even just pricing. And this is a really hot topic. It's, it's very debatable. It's almost political. Everybody right now is holding their breath in because they're scared of what I'm going to say next. Don't worry, breathe out. Agency or individual. So when we're hiring a VA, do we hire a single person? Do we hire an agency? What are the benefits, negatives? What are your thoughts? Well, me just being totally honest, I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with agency personally. I know there are some great ones out there. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, do your research. I've been very lucky with the clients that I have is, you know, the ones that I started with referred me to some of the people that I used, you know, to expand the clients that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So rely, you know, NSA is a great resource. Rely on the resources of people you trust that are in like-minded industries to figure out what that best resource is. So I'm confident there's some tremendous agencies out there. I just personally am not that familiar with um, specifically the scope of work and things that they offer. Okay. Well, I will share from my experience, I've, I've done both agencies. I guess the benefit is, is if your person decides that they're going to run away and go live, I don't know, in the jungle or in Europe or wherever else, um, that someone else can pick up your work. I have found that when you work with one person though, they know your business much, it's a much closer relationship. So I was just curious about your experience, but I I love the fact that you directed everyone back to NSA to just talk to um, our fellow speakers and learn about our resources. So, and it's, oh, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's also too, with anything else, it's having that connection. I keep my client base small because I want to be available to my clients, you know, whenever it is that they do need me. Mm -hmm. And it's also really that you'll be able to tell when you're speaking to someone, you know, and you have those interviews as you're getting to know each other of, I genuinely have a vested interest in the well-being and the business that my clients have. So I don't work with people that I don't feel like there's that connection, that alignment where I really understand what it is they're trying to do mm-hmm. and what their intentions are, you know, with their speaking in their business. And I think that's really important. So it's not just the, you know, that blind outreach, the strategy, if you need someone to just simply complete tasks, that's very, different than someone that's coming in to support you and help you in growing your business. 
That is true. That is true. So you've hinted at this, the answer to this next question, but I'd love for you to go into more detail. What should speakers do to prepare before they hire an assistant? Be really honest with yourself in what activities you want taken off your plate and take a hard look, not just the ones you don't enjoy doing, but the ones that you feel would be best served by someone else doing it. So I think that is a really clear distinction. There's lots of things that we don't necessarily love doing and aren't our favorite things, but some of those things really are best done for the sake of our business by us. So it's kind of figuring out, you know, what that looks like. Some of my clients I work with, you know, it's also in the CRM creating tasks for them to keep Mm -hmm. them on track and what that client follow-up needs to look like. Mm -hmm. And just really making sure that you're comfortable bringing someone in that again is a representation of you. So that comfort factor is really essential. And I think it's important with anything is managing those expectations right from the start, what you're looking for, what you expect from them and make sure when you make that list of things that you want done, what you want them to take off your plate, that you also provide them the resources to be successful in doing that. So that is going to take some time up front. You know, there are, there is some shifting and some periods of figuring out How do you best work together? How do you best communicate with each other? And that looks different for everyone. You know, some clients are heavily reliant on email. I have others that we use texting apps. So what does that look like? And be honest, Mm. you know, if it's because that's the best way to say, you know what? I don't know if I'm the right fit for you. This person might be, let's try it like this. And if it doesn't work, we can try a different way, but I love to keep open lines of communication. So in real time, we can adjust how things are going to make sure we're being as efficient as possible. And also that I am an asset to them, not an additional responsibility. So in addition to that list building, it sounds to me like we need to actually come to the person with a list, a list of our expectations, a list of the things that we'd like to hand off, maybe a list of the things that we expect them to be able to do. Does that mm-hmm. am I following correctly? I um, think so. And, and then you even talked about, you know, us ne- needing to give them the resources to be successful with those things. And I would think that, you know, included in that would be, and this is something I've seen just through talking to other speakers, Hathaway, is knowing if you want that VA to work your systems or if you're actually needing systems. Exactly. That's, you know, that's a good point of clarification. And also too, knowing of don't overthink it. You know, your business, you know, lots of particularly now there's a lot of overwhelm going on. So when you get on that initial conversation, you may just have a few things jotted down, but have that conversation and ask them, how do you work with clients that may trigger things to say, Oh, yep, that would be helpful. Or that wouldn't, you know, I have clients where I'm responsible for invoicing Mm -hmm. other clients that have bookkeepers that take care of that. So it can look different from client to client, but just really take some time to think about how you would be best supported mm-hmm. and then what you think that looks like. Okay. So we have our list now. We know how we need to be supported. We kind of have an idea of what that looks like. We're ready to hire a virtual assistant. And then we realize our sister-in-law is out of work because this is a crazy year or mm-hmm. our best friend needs a side gig. Is this where we take the list to them and say, Hey, can you do this? I don't think so, but that's just me. I think with the best of intentions, remember that we all know, particularly now, particularly for many people in the speaking world, there is a tremendous amount of, can you speak for free? We'd love to have you speak, but our budget has been slashed. You know, I know your rate is this, but can you speak for this? You know, there's no speaker out there that hasn't heard that 
um, you know, within the last year. So in light of that, it's also that constant reminder that this is a business. So, you know, when you choose to donate your time, your resources, that is absolutely your prerogative, but that should not, in my opinion, let me, let me rephrase this. This is my opinion. That should not be an integral part of your business and having someone in business development, virtual assistant role, that is an integral part of your business. So that should be solely focused on efficiently running your business so you can be as successful as you want to be. Yeah, I'll share. That's been my experience too, because I've I've been doing this for a long time. So I started off trying to, oh, well, this person needs a little extra money or this person. It never worked. It never, but I, I will say, so our, we are in agreement in terms of our opinions, uh, mm -hmm. but I know there's exceptions when you do have people in those positions that do have experience you know, in business development. But I, yeah, otherwise, I just wanted to throw that out there half the week because I just, I know that some people are going to fall into that. Once they get the list, there's going to be somewhere near them where they take it to and they're like, hey, I have an idea and Absolutely. it's nine times out of 10. It's, it's not going to end well, not going to end well. All right. Next up, we kind of started on this track, you know, let's talk common misconceptions and common mistakes made in speaker virtual assistant relationships. What have you seen and what should we avoid as professional speakers? Assuming things. So I think the more specific you can be, I mean, that extends obviously to so many things in life. But really making sure, particularly when you start working them with someone initially and you're building that relationship, mm -hmm. that you really have an understanding of what they're doing on a daily, weekly basis on your behalf and that you guys are on the same page. Because I think often it's very easy to say, oh, phew, I have that person in place. And there's that immediate step back when there is a bit of disconnect between, you know, what needs to be done and how it actually needs to get done. Mm. So when those disconnects happen, how do you solve that? Is it a chance to tweak systems? Is it conversations? What, what have you seen in your experience? Always raise your hand in communication. You know, almost all of my clients, some we have set times, some we don't. We connect once a week. Sometimes that conversation is 10 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour, depending on what needs to be addressed. But that is really a great touch point. And I think puts their mind at ease that I can kind of give them an update, you know, on what's really warm, what great developments we've had over the past week, and they can communicate the same to me. So we're really building this together. It's that's separate aspect of things of you just go do you. It's great. You know, I personally work better when I'm not micromanaged, but there does also need the flip side of that needs to be that back and forth communication. So you kind of know exactly what that other person's doing. Mm. Okay. Okay. So last question for you. Thank you for helping us avoid some of those pitfalls. Mm -hmm. How do you know if your current assistant is not the best fit? Because inevitably someone is listening to us right now and they're going, <laughs> yep. With that, I'm a big believer in trust your instincts. So decide what it is that you feel is not working, you know, to really kind of pinpoint that, because I think there is always an opportunity to course correct in any situation, but in order to be able to course correct, you need to articulate you know, I feel like there isn't enough communication. I feel like we're seeing a lack in results. What's the follow-up look like with this? So be open to that. But also, again, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, your business is your business. So you need to be able to protect it. And if you have someone working for you in any capacity that you feel like isn't fulfilling their end of the obligation or where there's a disconnect and you're not comfortable working with, that's actually counterintuitive to the reason you had that person in place in the first place. 
bonus last words for our listeners. Is there anything else, someone in your position who's looking at the world of speaking as it exists right now, you know that you have the ear of many speakers who just, just so that you know, for a long time, there has been a request for content on how to outsource, how to communicate with virtual assistants. You know, where do we go to find them? All those types of things. Any last words for everyone listening right now from all of your experience? Get clear on what you want. I feel like it's very easy for us to get caught up in what we see other people doing. What aspects of your business do you want to grow, to strengthen, you know, to find more opportunity and then find someone that's aligned with that. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.